This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Rip and read. Check this out. This is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Talking about now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Read. Oh, oh, let's go, let's go crazy. You missed it, Lou. The Nightmare in Union Square. You like that? I wish I could take credit for that name. It was really long-time listener to WABC and caller BJ from Jackson Heights who had called in to Rita Cosby. And on Friday night called it The Night's Nightmare in Union Square. And it was. But we're learning so much more because... They wanted to make it seem like this um, this uh, Twitch star, <laughs> Kai Sinat, a Twitch streamer who has 100,000 followers who actually pay $5 a month to hear him sit in his crib with his uh, homies, homegirls and homeboys, thugs and thugettes, in their crib, their home, the McMansion in Atlanta. And just talk gibberish. That's all they do. They, he's not a rapper. He's not an entertainer. He's not an R&B star. That's all they do is they talk gibberish. And apparently he has developed quite the following. Five and a half million on Instagram, four million on YouTube. But the money is in it on Twitch streaming. In which suckers pay money. Sometimes, Lou, to actually just watch him sleep. He keeps the button on and keeps getting the clicks. I mean, that is crazy. But now we're finding out that this was premeditated. This was pre-planned because this Kai Sanat, while streaming to his many degenerate fans, was saying, we're going to go crazy, bro, days before he set it off in Union Square. But before I get into the um, details of this premeditated plan to create chaos, which it certainly did, on Friday afternoon, let's hear from Jeffrey Madry. He's chief of the department of the city of New York's police, a guy I don't like, I don't think should be there. But boy, he was in the epicenter of the beehive, the wasp hive, as these young thugs and thugettes started circling him in the white shirts. And started to go on the attack, driving them right into Whole Foods. Now, Jeffrey Madry, I don't know, something wrong with his leg. And some of these white shirts, you know, they need to get into the gym. They got their bellies hanging over their gun belts. And these young thugs and thugettes who uh, average age is 13 to 18, 
just bum rush these white shirts, especially Jeffrey Madry, who was telling them to cease and desist, and they basically flipped the bird at him and threw everything they could get their hands on. Luckily, some of his fellow police officers found uh, found a plywood, piece of plywood, and shielded him because they just had a relentless f- uh, assault of flying projectiles at him. If not for that piece of plywood, he would have been knocked out for the count. This was him hours after the nightmare in Union Square. And we had to be very, very delicate in how we handled this. All right, We wanted the kids to just comply with us and leave, but we were met with a lot of resistance. We were attacked. My older brother just called and told me he saw a video of me getting hit in the head. I'm not against young people coming here. If we knew about this, we could have had the barriers out here. We could have police officers out here. People broke into the park, and they began to throw uh, articles that belonged to the construction site. Paint cans, bottles, rocks. We had people walking around with shovels, uh, axes. And there was more. Uh, once they were cleared out of the park... Because the white shirts couldn't do it. They were out of shape. Then they called in cops from the 13th precinct, none of them wearing hats. Obviously, they took the nightsticks away from the cops a long time ago. They're not intimidating at all. Thugs and thugettes going in and out of uh, the police in uniform, blue uniforms from the 13th precinct. And then finally, they called in the tactical patrol force. Guys and gals who had the hats and bats. Uh, now, it suggests that we need to go to old school ways. Every car in the police department should have the hats and bats in the trunk just for such occasions. They don't do that. They have the special tactical patrol force. And these are guys and gals. You can tell they've spent a lot of time in the gym. They're flexing. They're gigantors. They got the tats. They look intimidating. And that's when the crowd started to clear out of Union Square. But instead of just dissipating uh, into Manhattan or getting uh, on a subway station somewhere else because the subway lines were closed at Union Square, they continued uh, their marauding ways down South Broadway, attacking the restaurant sheds, kicking in windows, graffitiing, just total chaos. I'm saying to myself, wait, okay, and so you catch this guy, uh, Kai Sinat, you bring him to the 19th precinct on 67th Street and you give him a desk appearance ticket, a DAT, which is a disappearance ticket. You charge him with incitement to riot. Justin, there are like almost a thousand people who were charged with inciting to riot on January 6th, and rightfully so. Some of them are still in jail. This guy gets a disappearance ticket and they say, show back up on August 18th. All he's going to get out of this is more clicks, more money, more suckers paying to get online with him, the Twitch stream, which they got to pay $5 a month. He'll probably up the price now that he's even more infamous. So this is Alvin Bragland. He cut him loose. What he should have done was remand him to jail and no bail. Rikers Island. In fact, he could have given him the who dat, who dat, who dat. Uh, cell, uh, which is um, PC, Protective Custody, Punk City. That was Lil Wayne's cell. He was there for seven months. He had an illegal handgun on him, and the guy used to cry in his cell, actually wrote in his memoirs. He was crying like a little baby. Yeah, yeah, so put him in there. 
He's 21 years old. So let's see what the mayor had to say, who, by the way, did not show up that day. He was too busy cutting a ribbon at the grand opening of an Ethiopian restaurant on Fulton Street in Brooklyn, acting like the Brooklyn Borough President, the Biden of Brooklyn. It's like, hey, guy, you should have rushed right to the scene. He didn't. But the next day, he decided to uh, pontificate on what caused the nightmare in Union Square. First, he blamed social networking. Our children cannot be raised by social media. Uh, Our children cannot uh, get their values, their beliefs uh, from social media and other uh, outside entities. So we went through this once before with Eric Adams, who tries to act hip and fly, and really he's not. In fact, he said the first thing he did when he was cutting the ribbon to that Ethiopia restaurant was text his son, Jordan, who's in his 30s. Are you down there, Jordan? If anybody knew anything about this Kai Sinet, which obviously Mayor Adams didn't, they would have known. He's 13 to 18. His son is not going to be down there. And by the way, shouldn't he have gotten down there? No, no, it's not the social networking because you tried this once before. You learned about the drill rappers. Pop Smoke down there on Flatlands and 82nd Street where I grew up. They got this mural to this this Crip guy who was like at the forefront of drill rap, got killed in uh, California. And so all of a sudden he said, oh, we got to ban the drill rappers. Uh, they're, they're promoting violence. Then his son Jordan talks to him and says, Dad, you can't do that. So what does he do the next day in a bipolar, manic-depressive way? Eric Adams invited all these drill rappers, these degenerate drill rappers, to City Hall for a photo op. You see, this is the way he is. So we found out from uh, Jeffrey Madre that the cops were actually tipped off a few hours before it started. The local 13th precinct sent a few cops, and then he said they were overwhelmed. Shame, shame, shame. Give the cops back their nightsticks. That's the first line of defense. Why do they not have their nightsticks? The mayor didn't comment on any of that. Instead, after blaming social networking, he blamed the parents. Our children are being inundated by influencers, uh, by those who consider themselves to be credible messengers. This young man yesterday had uh, a substantial number of followers. Uh, People came from outside of the city. Uh, to be there, and I, I want us to, we're further looking into whether there's some even outside agitators. You don't come to get free Game Boys and bring smoke bombs and bring M80s and bring other disruptive items. And so uh, we believe there were some outside influencers that may have attempted to aggravate this situation. Well, first of all, let me critique what he said and what the police have said. Uh, this guy, this degenerate Kai Sinat said he was bringing Game Boys to give out. Justin, do we know how many Game Boys he had in that SUV? I bet you he probably had one for himself. First of all, there were no Game Boys. There's not one person who said that they got a Game Boy down there. Strike one. Strike two is you don't seem to understand that this guy had this pre-planned, premeditated days before he's streaming. To all of his degenerate followers, he's saying, look, we're not going to go to the Red Steps in Times Square, Duffy Square, too many cops. He did recon. And then he put out, I need all my New York ends. And you know what the N word is for? Out there. We're going to go crazy. 
So there are no outside influences. And he himself, Kai Sinat, he's just a, a year away from living in the Bronx. He went to a very good school. In fact, he's no dope. He's not a guy who's just going to say, you know what I mean, you know what I mean, you know what I mean. Went to a very good school in New York City. And then he got that McMansion in Atlanta, and he talks gibberish, and he makes millions. So how come he wasn't remanded to jail on Rikers Island, no bail? And then what Alvin Bragg could have done, or the ADA, is they could have caused him to forfeit his assets. Asset forfeiture. This is what the DEA does when they bust drug dealers. They seize all their assets whether it's cars, property, whatever. If they're found innocent, they get it all back. If they don't, then it goes in to the Treasury. Now, think of all the hundreds of thousands of dollars of damage that these uh, thugs and thugettes did at the direction of Kai Sinat. He's responsible. He's the Pied Piper. And we give him a disappearance ticket, Alvin Bragg? Why didn't you call for asset forfeiture like they do with drug dealers? Hold on to all of his equity. Give him fiscal pain. Let me tell you something. There are going to be other imitators now who are going to say, yo, man, I want to be like Kai, man. I can rock the world. I can be famous. All I got to do is assemble all my homies in one particular area. And as he said, again, I'm quoting the agitator, the disruptor. We're going to go crazy, bro. And they did, and there are no consequences. He gets a disappearance ticket, comes back August 18th. He'll be making more money, more money, more money. And we're blaming parents. We're blaming uh, social networking. Instead of blaming the main culprit and having him feel fiscal pain, take every nickel, dime, and penny he has in forfeit uh, assets. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Now, to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. Great song. Excellent selection, Lou. Now that you're back, 
After your vacation, you and Frank Morano, you know, the slackers, the deadbeats on perpetual vacation. Good selection because this is the immigrant song of Led Zeppelin. They're not talking about the modern-day immigrants coming over from Africa or South America or Central America or Asia. No. Talking about the immigrants who came from the Norse countries, the great Northland. When uh, winters used to be winters before global warming, climate change, ice, snow, sleet, and lots of glaciers. We're talking about the Norwegians, what I call the squareheads. My father, Chester Merchant Seaman, for 54 years, told me the best, absolutely best seaman to ever sail the seven seas. And then, of course, there were Swedes, there were those from Denmark. They were those from those Nordic countries. And when they came to New York City, where did they settle? They settled right in Sunset Park in Bay Ridge. And yesterday I was there where they would gather on Sundays for a picnic and a view of New York City on top of Sunset Park, where the recreational center is and the pool is at about 45th and 7th Avenue. So north of there are all the Asians, mostly Chinese. South of there are all the Hispanics. You have some of the old Puerto Ricans who are still there. Most have left. But you have a lot who are from uh, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, Mexico, parts of South America, and obviously the Dominican Republic. I was there with my wife Nancy because we were joining 500 recent immigrants from Asia, mostly Chinese, who were protesting against the fact that Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, had put a hundred single able-bodied men into that recreational center. And this is open to all the people. My wife Nancy used to use that recreational center and the pool when she lived in nearby, well, she lived well, just about four blocks away in Sunset Park. She was the hipster and millennial in a predominantly Chinese area. So that's what you have. The way the population divides, it's the most immigrant of areas now in Brooklyn. 40% Chinese, 40% Hispanics, 10% hipsters and millennials, and 10% of the old white ethnics. Some Irish, but still some Norwegians, Swedes, folks from Denmark, the Nordic countries. Because that was where the Maritimers came, there in Bay Ridge. We'll get to Bay Ridge momentarily. It was the first time in the many protests against the invasion of illegal aliens and the welcome mat that has been put out by the Papa Chulo, who's your daddy, Eric Adams, for all the illegals, who a year ago, this very time, a year ago, was down at the Port Authority welcoming the first buses with his $5,000 customized suit, his entourage from City Hall, as they were giving out swag bags with our money, our tax dollars, along with Santa Claus, Cardinal Dolan, there were Catholic Charities, which is the biggest ripoff of the many nonprofits who aid and abet the quick, easy pass invasion by the illegal aliens. Hey, look, they're as surprised as anybody that it's so easy to get into this country and so easy to be transported to wherever they want to go. Once they make it across that Rio Grande from Mexico into Texas, 
There are uh, paid members of Catholic Charity with federal tax dollars from the Biden administration who say to them, where do you want to go? And about 60% of them, they say, Nueva York, Nueva York, no matter where they're from. And so it's Catholic Charities making money, a dollar for Catholic Charities, a dollar for the illegals, ripping us off. There was Cardinal Dolan on that first day. There was Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. And now a year later, this same Eric Adams is going, no mas, no mas. There's no room at the inn. We saw the craziness at the Roosevelt Hotel last week. It continues. He's now outsourcing them to the recreational centers. So by standing there, you can, can you imagine this, ladies and gentlemen? For the first time, Democrats and Republicans were together. This had never happened before. It was usually the Republicans would have a demonstration. The Democrats would have a demonstration only lately. Now they were joined in solidarity saying, no, enough is enough. 500 recent legal immigrants standing there and saying, if you want to be an immigrant, you got to do it the right way. And you can't hold hostage those who are still online trying to get into this country the legal way. It's an incredible turnout. Then there was McCarran Park. I had tipped off everybody here at WABC that the mayor was moving illegals into Sunset Park, the recreational uh, facility, three days before it was announced. Likewise, McCarran Park in North Williamsburg used to be right in the shadow cellars of Automotive High School, where many of you listening now, you went there to learn how to hotwire your first cars and then how to work a chop shop, chop up the parts, and make more money than if you actually were able to rehab a car, and sell it on the open marketplace. Well, number one, it used to be mostly Italians and Polish people in nearby Greenpoint. There are less and less of them. There are many more hipsters and millennials. And the hipsters and millennials couldn't be organized to protest because they actually welcome them. So I'm suggesting if you're here from Iowa where there are more pigs than people, if you're here from Idaho where there are more potatoes than people, these are all white, white young people. And you want the illegal aliens, which you seem to indicate you want, then house them in your apartments. I mean, look, you're, you're living on blind trust. You're progressives. You're socialists. Your queen is AOC, all out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, leader of the socialists who want to welcome in all the illegal aliens to destabilize our country, to do away with capitalism and destroy this country as we know it. So house them in your house. I warned you about McCarran Park in North Williamsburg. I warned you about Sunset Park, and I was right. And I warned you at the end of last week about Bay Ridge, where they want to put a big tent, not for Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus, the big tent. But the city wants to put a big tent to house single, able-bodied, illegal alien men. That's the majority. It's not women and children. Don't believe that nonsense when you tell that. The mass majority of the illegals here are single-abled men who, uh, let's face it, if you put a 100 together, a 1,000 together from a prestigious prep school, from an Ivy League school with testosterone crashing through, through their craniums, it's going to be double trouble. It's going to be double trouble. So I announced this. Today, obviously, there was observers there in that part of the park, Shore Road Park, where you have million-dollar mansions all along that gorgeous piece of real estate. Along the straits of the Verrazano, you can see the Verrazano Bridge. You can see Staten Island in the distance. 
to see what the drainage is. Because if the drainage is not good, which has caused tents to be folded first in Orchard Beach, originally by Eric Adams, who thought he was uh, some kind of an engineer, and then eventually the first time around in Randall's Island, although they want to do it again on the soccer fields, if, in fact, there's not proper drainage, they may not try to force those tents on the people in Bay Ridge. So instead of being greeted as I was in Sunset Park by the Asians yesterday as the returning son, because I had won the Asian vote, first time ever a Republican running for mayor had won the Asian vote, it's because I earned it, because I work with the Asian community. They applauded me. Other communities have applauded me as we continue the battle to stop the tent being constructed outside excuse me, inside of Creedmoor, the state psychiatric facility in Eastern Queens. Huge rally tomorrow night. The city is moving forward. They expect to have that tent up by the 13th and moving 1,000 single able-bodied illegal alien men in over our dead bodies. So come on out tomorrow, right across from Creedmoor. Come on out. Be there before 7 o'clock. It's going to be the mother of all rallies, but I digress. Let's go back to Bay Ridge. Justin Brand and the city councilman, who is the um, puppet of the puppeteer Eric Adams, who acts like he knows nothing when he knows everything going on from City Hall. First, uh, the mayor's attempt to push uh, illegal aliens into the school, PS 188 in Coney Island. Justin Brandon said, I'm puzzled. Ari Kagan, who's running against them, who I'm supporting organized the parents, and they were able to repel uh, the illegal aliens. They had to be bussed out. So instead of being grateful and saying, thanks for the heads up, Curtis, what did he call me? He called me a demagogue. Curtis Lee, comes on, talks about my district, talks about something that's just not true. It's just not true. That he, he gets on the radio and says, the mayor and I are planning to turn Sherwood Park into a migrant tent city. Absolutely false. But this is what demagogues do in times of crisis. You can call me whatever you want to. I'm just the messenger bringing the message. My sources are rats in City Hall, Justin Brandon, who I know you and the mayor and others are scurrying about trying to figure out who's leaking all this information to Curtis Lee. Go ahead, knock yourself out. You've got more problems than figuring out who's writing all this information to me. You've got your own constituents. Like Marianne, who normally listens to Howard Stern, but in the summers, he's like Lou, he's like Frank Morano, you know, on perpetual vacation. So she listens to Sid, and man, she just deep-sixed what's happening in Bay Ridge. The district you represent, Justin Brannan, you shouldn't be paying attention to constituent services. Shore Road is up in arms. Across the street, five-plus million-dollar homes. All the neighbors are talking that they want to put homeless tents all through Shore Road. Bay Ridge, 86th Street, 3rd Avenue. I can't even walk to kickboxing anymore at night. It's full of homeless, which I feel terrible. And I even give money and food, and a man threw a match at me. So we're in bad shape. The garbage is piled up past my head, and the stores are shuttered. Walk one block, Sid, for every two stores that are open, five are closed. So Bay Ridge is in very, very bad shape. That's all I could say. That has nothing to do with the illegal aliens. These are all problems that have occurred on Justin Brandon, the city councilman's watch. And again, we got to get him out of there and elect Harry Kagan. But Anthony, Anthony just buries him. Anthony from Bay Ridge. This guy's a mutt, Sid. Listen, correct me if I'm wrong, please. 
Last time when de Blasio, when he did the one billion, wasn't this guy on the city council or not? He was, 100%. That time, Sid, he sure as hell did yep. vote for the money. So now all of a sudden they see, you know, the, the woes of their ways and how things are getting so effed up. And now he changes his mind. He's a turncoat, two-faced mutt. Oh, and let me tell you something. Uh, Justin Brandon denied that he had voted to defund the police, which he did by a billion dollars, 2020. And then it was John Tobacco of Staten Island, who has his show on Newsmax, who deep sixed them, sent all the documentary evidence to Sid Rosenberg, and it completely shut him down. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, you heard this guy lie to you, lie to you, Justin Brandon. And if you reelect him city council person, you deserve everything you're getting. I'm going to be out there with Eric Kagan. You got to vote for him. November 7th, it's time for the change. Talking about this is the Riffin' Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. It's my All right, Lou, it's uh, Bon Jovi with his mall hair. Jersey Shore Bon Jovi with the VO5. It's that sticky stuff in their hair. But anyway, can you imagine this? 1% Chris Christie, because that's where he is in the polls. 1% Chris Christie. The only reason he's there is to try to score a quick knockout against Donald Trump if Trump decides to get into the debate. So what did he do? Shamu, El Jefe, Chris Christie, swam across the pond from the Jersey Shore and worked his way to the coast of West Europe and then found his way up the Danube to, yes, the Ukraine. He met with Zelensky for a photo op. I don't know what the hell he was doing. And then I see that he gave Zelensky... Bon Jovi's handwritten lyrics to It's My Life. Oh, I'm certain that's really going to help him in the war effort, right? Hey, hey, you could wave that at the Russians who are embedded, right? <laughs> who have mines, barbed wire, tanks, <laughs> missiles. Yeah, just just wave at the Russian invaders, right? The handwritten lyrics to It's My Life. Chris Christie, what the hell was that? You're 1% in the polls. Your only purpose in being in the Republican primary with the others is to try to score a quick knockout against Donald Trump, which you're not going to be able to do. And in fact, this is what you said upon your return from the Ukraine for that photo op with Zelensky, of how you're going to taunt Donald Trump if he doesn't show up for the debate in Milwaukee in August for the Fox News channel. Do you think he actually shows up for the debate? Oh, I do. Yeah. He keeps suggesting he won't. Yeah, he loves the tease, Bob. Finish the sentence for me. If Trump doesn't show up, he is a... Coward. Complete and total coward. A yellow streak so far down his back. But he might think he's elevating the rest of the field by showing up. He's elevating? I've never seen Donald Trump elevate anything except for the ego factor. 
Look, you may be Orca the Killer Whale, but you are manic depressive. You have been pro-Trump, anti-Trump, pro-Trump, anti-Trump. Whatever is in the best interest of Shamu El Hefe Chris Christie, that's what you are. We know what you are. But come on, enough, enough of Chris Christie here, enough of Shamu. Because I'm going to give you a tale of two Republican former governors, both who ran for president. We know Chris Christie did, but so did our own George Pataki. Great governor. We had 12 great years in Albany. Not the chaos that we had with uh, Mario Facha Bruta, Cuomo King Cuomo I, or the chaos of his son, Andrew Evilized Cuomo. Uh, uh, (laughs) Hey, Andrew, I send him a to you, Provianos Fachin. And he is all of Kathy Crime Wave Hokum. And George Pataki actually has provided through the Governor George Pataki Center, the Ukrainian Relief Fund, $20 million in aid, housing, and supplies for the Ukrainian war refugees, of which there are many. You see, that's the difference. Uh, Chris Christie is TK. He thinks he's the Trump killer. He has never done anything. George Pataki very quietly has been helping Ukrainian refugees. By the way, Lou and Justin, I learned where the Ukrainian refugees are. They're certainly not here in New York City. They're out in North Dakota. They've joined the oil rigs and those that are fracking and blasting those rocks and bringing up that black crude, as they said in the Beverly Hillbillies, Earl. Earl. We'll give you more of that tomorrow in the Rip and Read.